connection to God, and a community of people to do life with. And as your church family, we'd love to stay connected with you. And the best way that we can stay in touch is through what we call our connection card. Now, if you're visiting us for our in-person service, you can find those connection cards in your seat back pocket. Or for a digital option, you can scan the QR code on your screen. If you have any prayer requests, at the bottom of that connection card, there's a spot where you can fill that out so that one of our prayer team members can pray over your specific needs. Now, we're honored to be a part of your church family, and we look forward to connecting with you. Thank you so much for your faithfulness and your generosity in your giving. If you'd like to give, head over to revitalizechurch.life and click on Give. Or you can scan that QR code on your screen. Let's take a moment to pray over our tithes and offerings. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. We bring our tithes and our offerings unto you. God, you are faithful and you supply every single one of our needs according to your riches and glory. We trust you, we honor you, and we believe your word. I pray that you bless both the giver and what is given right now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. You know, here at Revitalized Church, we believe that God has created you with a specific purpose in mind. And that he has given every one of us unique gifts and talents to fulfill that purpose. If you want to learn more about these gifts that God has given you, we invite you to join us for Step 3 of Discovery happening today at 1 o'clock. Now at step three, you'll get to take a personality profile and spiritual gift assessment that will help you uncover your unique design and point you toward your purpose. Step three is about 60 minutes long and childcare is available. We encourage students sixth grade and up to attend. And if you'd like to attend today at one o'clock, go ahead and visit us at revitalizechurch.life to register. Life groups are now open and more groups are being added daily. Groups will start meeting next Sunday, January 28th, so don't wait to sign up. You can head over to revitalizechurch.life and click on groups. And if you're interested in leading a group, it's not too late to lead one. Join Pastor Z today at 1 p.m. for a brief leader interest meeting. Well, that is all the announcements that we have for you today. If you have any questions or like more information about what's happening here, head over to revitalizechurch.life. Life. Now let's go ahead and continue on with more of the service. Hey, let's all clap our hands for what's going on here. Yep. It's good to clap our hands. It's a sign of celebration. Man, I, anybody else like the History Channel besides me? You start watching the History Channel, you learn all kinds of stuff. You just want to tell everybody what you learned and you shouldn't. Right? So I'm not going to do that right now. Just, I'm just letting you know. Uh, hey, before we do get into the message, I want to look into the camera and say a big hello to all those joining us online, to our Revitalized family and our online community. You know, we got people watching from all over, including other states. I, I get in contact with different people, and so I just want to let you know we, we recognize you and say that you're a part of our family if you consider it as, as so as well. And for those of you that couldn't make it to this service, there's still one more, just so you know. Um, but those of you that couldn't make it, we welcome you into our service. Hey, Revitalized, come on, let's welcome our online community right now. Love you. We've been in a series. This is week number three of a series that we're calling Breaking Through. And uh, really, the, the whole point of the series is the title. We want to, I, I don't know about you, but I want some breakthrough in my life. Anybody got some stuff where you just, man, been hitting some of those glass ceilings in your life? 
Or maybe, maybe you're like one of those, those people that were just walking a little too fast and wasn't paying attention. You were coming from the outside in or inside out, and there was that patio door, and someone had just Windexed it real good, and you might know what I'm talking about, and you just nail it. And then you have a tray in your hand, too, and you just, anybody ever seen, that's never happened to me, but I've seen it. And let me, I'm just letting you know, it, it has actually happened to me. I broke, a, <laughs> I broke a screen like that one time, and I was just going a little too fast and just plowed right through the screen. And it was, it was actually in the, one of our rental houses that I messed up. Anyway, uh, it was fine. It was, we paid for it to get repaired. It was all good, because I didn't know how to do it. You know, we got this little dog. And uh, it was a little. It wanted to go out so bad one of these days. One one day, actually, it was trying to go inside. It was so cold. It was trying to get back inside real quick. And we had the screen door, and it tried leaping into the house and just got nailed. Boom! Just came down. I think we just laughed, but I, I think that's how life is sometimes, right? Where we just have these screen doors. That you, you can't even tell that there's a barrier sometimes. But you're trying to figure out why am I not? Why am I not just getting through, getting on the other side? And uh, and. And I'll tell you, there's, there's all kinds of reasons why. We have an op- we have, there's opposition. We have an adversary that doesn't want us to see all of the fulfillment of what God has for us in our life. The Bible says, Jesus said that the enemy only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so there's an enemy. We just need to understand this. And I think I'm going to bring a series this year on spiritual warfare to us. Because we need to understand that they're, they're really, it's not just happenstance. It's not just coincidence that the same thing keeps happening to us. It's not just coincidence or just a matter of life. I just want to kill that lie that says, well, you know, that's just some people get it and some people don't. Some people have struggles. and so that Nope, nope. Every one of us has an adversary that has only come to steal, kill, and destroy. That has only come to try to distract us and keep us back. But there's a word that I gave over this, really, when we first started this. And I, I didn't realize how prophetic it really was, but I'm just going to tell you, I, it's been bubbling up in my heart every single week, every time I pray for you, every, every time I'm praying and getting prepared for these messages and this series. And it's a, it's a word that God gave to Israel, to the children of Israel when they were in the wilderness, and it was time for them to start moving toward their promised land. And let me just say this, if, if I, I really hope that th- those of you that were with us in worship, that we, um, that we really did latch our faith onto God. Because it's hard to hear an encouraging, prophetic word when your ears are closed. When your heart is hard and closed off. Doesn't matter what kind of word God brings, you won't hear it. In fact, Jesus said, because of that, you can't be healed. In other words, you, can't, you won't be able to have your breakthrough when you have no ears to hear or eyes to see. And so I'm, I know we worship, but I'm going I'm to pray real quick, just a real quick prayer. But I want, you to, I want you to lean in. Can you lean in on this? Regardless of what you might feel or see, I want you to just lean in on this. But Father, we come to you right now, and I ask you to give us ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart to receive and perceive all that you are saying and doing for us in the name of Jesus. Amen. It's a real simple word. It's not going to take long. It's one sentence. But this is what God, I believe, says to us. You have circled this mountain long enough. It's time to turn north. Some of y'all 
have just gotten used to the wilderness. The mountain has become your home. And God is saying to you, it's not your home. I'm looking at the, you just need to hear it. The mountain is not your home. There's a promised land that he has for you. There's a place of healing and breakthrough that he has for you. And God would say to you today, ma'am, sir, you have circled that mountain long enough. It's time for you to turn north. It's, it's time. Everybody say it with me. It's time. It's time. You know what that tells me, though, when I hear that is it doesn't mean that necessarily that in this very moment, oh, I've just entered into the new thing. No, it's time. Now you have to turn. Listen, and you need to start taking some steps. You need to start operating in some ways. Pick up, maybe pick up some things that maybe you haven't been operating while you've been circling this mountain. Maybe there's some things you just need to grab a hold of in a fresh way, like Hebrews says, to, to strengthen your feeble knees and to strengthen your, your hands and to get back on that path and start going straight ahead again and look onto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Some of, that's, that's for some of us. So these principles, we're talking about these principles over these last couple of weeks, that if I believe that these are God principles, if we'll apply these, it, it, these are like, you can almost say these are like our steps to turning north. So that as we can enter, as we cross over, we've got some things in order. We've got some things in our life, some tools in our life that we're operating in. Because let me just tell you, you can hear a good word all day long, and it's always good. Because God's word is good. Right? You can hear a good word all day long. You can say, mm, that was good. You can even have faith. But if you don't have the works with the faith, the faith is dead. That's what James says. So in other words, you can say, I believe that, that is true, amen, yes. But James says, but if you don't apply some works with that faith, the faith doesn't do nothing. In other words, the faith needs a vehicle. Your, your works show your faith. And so what I'm trying to lay out to us over these few weeks, and if you've missed any of these messages, go back. They're on YouTube, they're up. Go back, and, go back and listen to these. Watch these messages. I believe with all my heart that if we will be a people that will be all in on the way that God says to live, if we will be a people that will be all in and say, I will not only hear the principle or the word, but I will apply it to my life. We will be like what Jesus said. We will be like people that when the storms do rage against us, because they rage against all of us, we will be left standing on solid ground when it passes instead of washed away like everybody else. Anybody want that kind of life? Yeah. I want us all to have breakthrough. And so let me just real quick go through and just remind us of the two principles that we've already gone over. The first principle in week number one was the principle of first. If we don't get this one, everything, everything else doesn't work. Let me just tell you, this, this is the putting God first in everything, making sure that he's just the center of it all. In fact, Jesus said, don't worry about all the stuff that you need because the Father already knows that you need them. And so here's what you need to do. You need to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then he will add all the other things that you need. He knows that you need the breakthrough. 
He knows you need the finances. He knows you need the relationship restored. He knows you need the healing. Like he knows that you need the, he knows that you need the teamwork. He knows you need the help. He knows that you need it. He knows that you need the healing, like in your heart. Like he knows it. But instead of trying to like work and get all that fixed off, hey, how about you spend some hours or some time with the one that can actually do the fixing? So seek him first, seek him first, and he's gonna add it all to you. In fact, Jesus went on in strong language, y'all. Jesus went on and he said, the, the unbelievers are the ones that are the grinders like that. Put it in my own terms. They're the ones that are constantly toiling and hustling hard. But the ones that are with me, the ones that seek first, you don't, you don't need to sweat. You might work hard, but you won't need to sweat because God will take care of it. Okay, principle number two was the principle of our words. We talk about how words matter. And so if our words are not speaking... The Bible calls, the Greek word for it is homologeo. It's speaking the same words that God says about your situation. So if God has said and made a promise and he has, he has spoken things and had it written down in the word, we need to go to what God has said about that situation and not what the doctor, not what our feelings, not what somebody else says, not our friends. Listen, we go to our friends sometimes, we go to the wrong people sometimes, and they start giving you all kinds of advice based off their experience. And let me just tell you, that ain't the way to do it. You need to go to God's word and make sure that our words, homologeo, we're speaking the same thing about the situation, regardless of the feeling. Are you tracking with me? Okay. Before I share principle number three, let me just say this. This one is huge. Principle number three is, principle number three is huge. It, to me, it's, this is the glue that holds all the other principles together. Like, if we can get this one nailed down, if we will do this one, it actually, it actually will help with principle number one, principle number two, and the one I'm going to share next week, principle number four. And the principle f- number three is um, um, it's right relationships. It's making sure that we're in the right relationships. And the word that, that came to my mind, this is even the title of, the, of today's message, is the word synergy. Now, here, here's what synergy is. Synergy is the interaction or cooperation of two or more organizations, substances, or other agents to produce a combined effect greater, everybody say greater, greater greater than the sum of their separate effects. Okay, so so in other words, you can be working hard and getting a little progress, but if you combine your work with someone else's work that's working on it with you, you'll actually have a greater outcome. The Bible says it like this in Ecclesiastes chapter 4. He says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. And if either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. And a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. That's how the Bible says it. In other words, you, you're, you're going to have more outcome. You're going to produce more fruit. You're actually, your breakthrough is going is to become stronger, faster, and easier when you have partnership. I remember, um, I remember a couple of years, a few years ago, we were believing, you know, Rach and I, when we first got married, we made a decision, we still live like this, that our, our life and our family would be centered around the kingdom. So we've made decisions in our life, yes and no to certain things based off of the king, what God is calling us to. So there's things that we said no to for seasons like buying a house because we just knew God wasn't saying to be rooted yet. 
we knew that we needed to be in a spot to be ready to get up and go, like to live almost a nomadic life because we just knew for, it was about the first 10 years of our marriage that we just needed to be ready to get up and go wherever God would send us, whatever he would tell us to do. So we didn't buy a house. All our friends were buying houses and oh man, like is it time yet? Nope, 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 nope. And then God called us back to Kalamazoo, didn't buy a house at first. And then felt like the Lord said, you're rooted. This, this is where you need to plant. This is where you need to root. So we went and bought a house. But man, you know, we ain't never done it before. And it felt very daunting. And the market got crazy. You know what we did? We got some partnership. We went and, we went and got on WhatsApp and we got with our friends. And we said, hey, we, 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 need, we need some partnership in the spirit. Can we combine our faith? And let's start... Because they were looking for a house, too, for a new house. We said, can we combine our faith? And let's just start encouraging and praying for one another. And you know what happened within that time? As the market was shrinking and shrinking and the houses were getting more and more expensive, what happened? We both got our breakthrough. Easier and faster. When we were discouraged, there was someone else that was there to be able to, to encourage us to lift us up. There was someone else, hey, I was praying for us, and here's a word of encouragement. I believe this, this is what God is saying. And we just continue to do that. We all need those kind of friends in our life, but, but there's some things that, that cause us to, I think, be hindered. Like, we don't, we don't actually take advantage of it. And real quick, I just want to lay out a few of those, because you might find yourself in some of these. One of, them, one of the things that I think keep us from getting into these relationships and having partnership, good partnership in our life, one of them, I think, is ignorance. We just don't know that we need it. Like, maybe you've been, you've been doing it on your own for so long that you didn't realize that there's a better way, that you actually need it. I think the other one is our temperament, like personality. Some of us were a little timid, some of us were a little intimidated. Some of us, I used to think that being an introvert meant that I just didn't like people. No, no I'm serious. And here's what happens when, you know, in, our, in step three of discovery that we, we do today, we actually go through personality tests and gift tests and all that stuff. One of the things I try to tell everybody when we, when we go through discovery is don't allow this, this little test to box you in. Because what people will tell you is, oh, because you're an introvert, you must not like being around people. And I used to think, well, that disqualifies me from ministry. Because y'all, ministry, it's all about people. Just want to let you know. Hey, tech, tech team, I know you like being behind them screens and back there. I'm letting you know. It's actually about people. Ah. <laughs> Everything we do is for people. It's about people. And, I used to, and then I used to buy the lie that... People just drain me. Now, I'm not saying people don't drain me a little bit, but what I realized was actually all that really means is one of the biggest ways that I get recharged is just alone time. But God made me to be around people. He made every one of us to be around other people. Not everybody, just the right kind of people. Can I get an amen on that, somebody? <laughs> Here's another reason I think is fear. Fear of the unknown. People... I don't, know, I don't know them, and so, like, what's the conversation? We, sometimes, some, of us, we just, some of us just don't, we don't know how to have a conversation. We just don't know how to, know how to talk. We, hey, here's, here's a key. Hi. My name is Jordan. What's your name? And then you say your name, okay? And then here's another key. Just ask them questions about themselves. No one likes to admit it, but everybody likes to talk about themselves, okay? This is the reality. Here's, here's, another, here's another thing that I think that holds us back is, is past experiences where we've tried being in friendships, we've tried getting close, we've tried letting people in our life, but we've been burned. And here's, here's this is going to be a hard one for you. 
But let me just tell you, here's what's going to be required of you is this one word called risk. You just, you just got to take another risk. You got you to take another chance. Because at some point, those right relationships, those right partnerships, they really are going to come in. And here's, here's I think, the last one. There's probably more, but is busyness. I think some of us are just too busy. Oh, I added another one. The other one is pride. But, but busyness and pride, like I'm too, I'm too busy for relation. I'm too busy to connect with. I'm too busy to have another thing in my life. And I would say to you that you may want to just look at your calendar and prioritize and check to make sure that you have the right things on your calendar. And look to where you can have those relationships. And if, if you think that you don't need them, there's that pride. There's another word I'm going to talk about at the very end here if I have time. And this is this word, humility. You're going to need to just walk humbly and realize you don't have it all by yourself. Can I get a big amen, somebody, on that? Yeah. Amen. Okay, okay, okay. So let me, let me just share. I want to share just a few quick things of what I, I feel like, what I believe from the word will help us to have these relationships. And let me say this. It's not about just having any relationship. It's about having the right relationship. The principle, it's not just relationship. It's the right relationships. And sometimes relationships, at least the, the closeness of those relationships, shift from season to season depending on where the, where the Lord is leading us and, and taking us. And, and we, just, we, need, we need to know what relationships we, we need to have around us. And we, and we, need, we need to be ready to make the shift. Like, to be all in and do it the way that God says to do it. You know, there was a season in my life, I was 20 years old, I was in Bible college, and many of you have heard a lot of the story, but I was really in that spot of, am I going to live the way that God has called me to live? Am I really going to pursue all that God has called me to? Or am I going to go, I'll say like this, am I going to go down the road that my flesh wants me to? Which is really the easy road and the, the thing that just makes me happy. So I'm just going to do what makes me feel good in the moment and not worry about what that does or doesn't do for what God's called me to. Anybody tracking with me yet? Is understand what I'm saying? And so in that season, I, had, I actually had to learn this principle. So what I'm, what I'm sharing with you is what I've learned that's actually helped me really walk out the plan of God from my life. And I, I'll, I'll tell you this, once I began to apply this principle of right relationships and really begin to put these keys, these little steps into place is when the, I'll, I'll say it like this, is when, you can almost say like, is when the Jordan began to open up, no pun intended on my name, okay, but is when, is when the Jordan began to open up for me and I began to actually walk on the other side of what God, the promised land for my life. And so here's the first thing that I believe we need to do in order to have the right relationships is to nurture our important relationships. Like don't, don't just take them for granted but nurture them. 1 Peter chapter 4, 7 says this, the end of all things is near. Anybody watch the news, you can tell that the end of all things are near. The end of all things are near. And because of that, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. And check this out, above all, so everything else, everything that you have going on in life, okay, all these other things that were, all these other dynamics, above all, Love each other deeply. 
In other words, like, like take good care of one another. Take good care of, your, of the important relationships that are in your life. Why? Because love covers a multitude of sins. In, in other words, you might be struggling with some things, and because, because we love one another enough, because I love you enough, I'm gonna, man, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna care for you. I'm gonna cover you. You're not gonna be exposed and in danger any longer. And you've been hurt. You or I've been hurt. We, we, we need one another. And so this love, as we're loving one another deeply, as we're nurturing one another, caring for one another, all of a sudden healing begins to come and freedom begins to come into our life. Okay, Here, here's, here's, here's the other one. Here's, here's the second one is to restore our broken relationships. I think we, we probably all have a fractured relationship with somebody that we know isn't supposed to be fractured. Like that we know, no, this relationship is supposed to be whole. And let me just say that the, the day that we're living in right now, this is the time to make sure that our relationships are right. That they're, that they're whole. So, Romans says, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what's right in the eyes of everyone. And if it's possible, if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Let me just say, it doesn't mean that, it doesn't mean that everything necessary, there are relationships that I have that I have, re, I have repaired them or made them as whole as I can, yet still protecting my heart because they're important relationships. Yet I've, I've been violated. Anybody else relate to that? Been violated. And so there's a, there's a guarding, like there are just some things I, I don't share with this person. I may not be as close with them as I, as I want to or as I wish I could, but, but nonetheless, it's actually an important relationship though. And so I, I need to make sure that it's not fractured. So as much as it depends on me, I'm going to make sure that we have unity. As much as it depends on me, I'm going to make sure that we have peace, that we can be around one another. Listen, there, there's, there, there, we, we all have those kind of, I think, relationships in our life. And sometimes we just think, well, I, if it's not working, I just got to throw it out. And that's not the way you do it. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't, don't try to hold on to all of it and just say, well, here's my hand. No, that this, this is when you say, what can I do to make sure that there's peace between us? What can I do to make sure that, that there's no rift between us? And, and I, I'm going to walk in a spirit of forgiveness. I'm going to walk in a spirit of mercy. I'm going to walk in a spirit of grace and understanding and realize that this relationship may not be perfect, but as much as it depends on me, it's, it's, it's going to be a healthy relationship. Here's, here's the, the, another one is we need to sever. This is, this is maybe one of the, mo the most important part of this is we need to sever any harmful relationships. This is what I'm saying. Not every, not every relationship is supposed to be repaired. Some relationships need to be severed. This, this is what I did and what I realized, and this was the hardest thing for me when I was 20 years old, was I, I, I had a roommate who was, at the time, if not my best friend, one of my best friends, he was my best friend at the time, and we did some wild stuff together, y'all. We had a good old time together, sinning and yeah, just doing crazy stuff. Loved it, and I hated myself when I went to bed, and I hated myself in the morning for multiple reasons because of all that mess that we got ourselves into. 
And it was at that crossroads in my life where I needed breakthrough. Like I just, I, I was tired of living the broken life. I was tired living the unfulfilled life. I was tired not receiving and walking in everything. I was tired of seeing my friends and my other peers receiving and walking in the promises for their life, walking in victory for their life. And I'm stuck right here trying to figure out what it, why. And there was a, there was a season where I just, I was praying and asking God to help me because I didn't know I didn't know how to get unstuck. And I remember the Lord telling me, He said, "You need to go to the place that brings you life." And for me, that meant you need to you need to move from where you are, physically move thirty minutes away. And in Southern California, thirty minutes, by the way, with the traffic is a very long distance. Okay, just just so you know, but thirty minutes away to where. The people that are walking in what you're trying to walk in are. And if they won't come with you, it's time to cut bait. It's, it's time to cut them loose because they're refusing to walk and cross over too. And I had to make a hard decision to get real uncomfortable. And I severed that relationship. And I told my friend, I said, we were going to get a new apartment together. Hey, man, it's not working. It's not working out. It's going to take some courage for some of us. It's not working out. Why? Well, I need, I, need to, I need to get out of this environment because this environment is actually sucking the life out of me. And every day that I'm around y'all, every day I'm getting further and further away from what God has for me. So we've got to sever some of those harmful relationships, relationships that will keep you depressed and discouraged and okay with just getting by, y'all. We need to sever some of those relationships that just say, no, it's okay, keep on sinning. Keep on living for yourself. Keep on ignoring the word of God for you. Keep on ignoring the promises. No, it's okay. We need to sever, I'm just, some of us just need to sever some of that. God is not calling us to be friends with everybody. Friendly, but not friends with everybody. It kind of sounds opposite of what I just finished saying a moment ago. Heal those broken relationships. And some of them, hey... <laughs> Throw them in the fire. <laughs> listen, to what, uh, listen to what Proverbs 13, 20 says. He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. And I, think it's that, I think that's kind of the question that we have, to, we have to ask ourselves. Which way do we want to go? Do we, do we want to be destroyed? Do we want to have destruction in our lives? Or do we want to have wisdom in our lives? Do we, want, do we want to have all that? I think that's a part of the weighing it out. And let me just tell you what I did with my friend was I talked to him because he's my friend. I sat down and I said, hey, the way we're living, the stuff that we're letting each other do and celebrating even, is, it's, it's not okay. This isn't what God has for us. And we, we, have, to make a, we have to make a call, man. We got we to shift some things and change some things. And, you know, he got half in it. But I'm just telling you, for me, and I hope this would be maybe for some of you, that today you would even say, I'm not okay with any more half in. Because I'm only getting half results. If that. But I'll tell you what I am getting. I'm getting all of what the enemy has for me. Because I'm just leaving this whole part of my life exposed and open to him. So I need to be all in. I need to make Jesus completely Lord of my life. That's what we were talking about earlier. 
And here's the fourth thing. So we need to initiate some meaningful relationships. Here's, here's the other hard part about it. Some of us need to put ourselves into some uncomfortable situations. Anybody <laughs> know what I'm talking about? So when, I, so when I said to my friend, hey, I can't be a roommate with you anymore. I can't, can't, I can't, we can't keep doing this anymore. Can't live like this. Can't keep living a double life. I began to look around to see, well, where am I going to live? Who's going to be my roommate? And there's this dude that I would never call him my friend before. I would have never called him my friend. Would have never said, I want to hang out with you. I don't even, I don't, I don't even know if I like you. Like, I don't even, I think our personalities clash. Our upbringings are very different. We see things, like all of it, like everything's very different. In fact, you frustrate me. But I started realizing one of the reasons that he frustrated, this other dude frustrated me, was because he was walking in the stuff I was supposed to be walking in. And I had a little bit of haterade in me, okay? Just how I was drinking. That just aged me right there, right? The haterade. That's fine. That's fine. I ain't trying to be cool. Because I just am. No, I'm just... But I, I, had, I, I looked, really, I looked at my life, and I looked at their life. And I, I, I looked at, at my bondage, and I looked at their freedom. I looked at my life being stalled out, and I looked at their promotions. I looked at my discouragement and intimidation, my, 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 my lack of confidence, my insecurities, and I saw their confidence. I looked at my lack of ability to get around godly, strong men of God who have gone before me and have really walked out the promises that I want to. And I'm looking at the rooms that they're able to be in and the tables that they're able to sit in. And I thought, man, is it worth it to be comfortable just so that I can be me? Or do I need to put myself in an environment with some people that actually help me come up? People that will hold me to a standard won't allow me to settle for less than what God has for me. I think some of us, we've just let ourselves be in relationships with people. Maybe the friends that you're with, maybe it's not, maybe God wouldn't be even saying to you, you need to sever that relationship. Maybe the Lord would be saying to you today, you need to have a conversation with those friends and say, hey, this is where I want to go. Do you? Can we, can we work together to get there together and live an uncompromised life? Live a life where we're really sharpening one another, that we're calling one another up? And if not, sever. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25 says this, let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Encourage one another. Encourage one another in what? Let me just tell you, this is not, the word's not just talking about put, put, patting somebody on the back and saying, oh, it's okay. 
some of us, we've been having those kind of friendships for a little too long. And the Lord, the Lord would be saying to us, it's, it's, it's time to stop all that. It's time, to, it's time to stop allowing people to just pat you on the back and make you feel good, pacify you, or you pacify them. And no one ever pulls one another up. No one ever, ever fights for one another. We just, we're cool with just living our, just cool just being like everybody else around this earth while everybody else just is under the sway of the evil one. And listen, there's some people in the church Maybe some of our friends, they don't even realize it. They're under the sway of the evil one. And we're hanging out with them. And we might feel like, right now, I'm cool. But you hang out with them long enough, I'm just going to tell you, they will influence you. So who's encouraging you? Where are you going to get that encouragement? Does, Does their encouragement line up with the word, with the truth, with God's ways, or... Or is it twisted a little bit? I'm going to give you four very quickly meaningful relationships that every one of us need to have in our life. And it's not just my opinion, it's the word. The first one is with my church. We need to have a relationship with my church. And if this isn't where God's called you to, that's okay. I wish it was. But you need to find where God's called you to. Psalm 92 says that those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in its courts. You need to be planted wherever God's called you to, that body of Christ, that church that God has called you to, you need to actually be in relationship with that church. Like there's a difference between being an attender and a member. And I know for some of us, we're still kind of like, is this, is this, that's fine if that's where you're at. Like I'm just checking, is, is, do I really want to engage? That's fine. We all have that season, that, that time. But some of us, the Lord would be saying, it's time for you to move from a tender. Like I, I'm there, I kind of like, I, I do my part or play whatever I need to, whatever it might be, and move to a member, which means I'm all, this is my church too. It's not, like, you know that it's your church when you stop saying you guys. When you stop saying they, them. Even in the good stuff, man, you guys really know what you're doing. I hear, when I hear that, y'all, I'm just telling you, I just, I just want to throw up all over. Whoever's saying, I just want to go like, I want you to feel what I feel right now on your face. And it's nasty. I'm just, I'm just telling you. I mean, who, who does that when it's not theirs? And so it, I, I know that it's our church when we start saying, man, I really like what, what we have going on here. Or, hey, you know what? I think if we change this our church could be see the difference instead of hey if y'all uh would just shift this around and change it y'all be doing a whole lot better and then i'd like coming to your church let me just tell you this we need to be in relationship with our church everybody say with my church say it like this say i'm going to be in relationship with my church yeah, Ephesians 2.19 says, You are members of God's very own family, citizens of God's country, and you belong in God's household with every other Christian. So here's what I would ask you to do. Just come, con- even on a snowy day, y'all, like come consistently. And I'm going to ask you to do another thing, too, that, it, 
you probably haven't done yet because we just launched it just a couple of months ago. If you haven't jumped into discovery yet, jump into discovery. Discovery is going to help you get to know your church a whole lot better. And for us, I'm just say for many of us here, you can think that you might know this church, but you don't. I guarantee you because we, in case you didn't know, this church used to be another church and we were planted and launched out from that church. There's a whole new culture. There's a whole new vision. There's a whole new set of values that we're emphasizing as a church. And you won't know them unless, I'm, I'm just going to tell you, until you come through Discovery. Jump into Discovery. We have it happening right after second service at 1 o'clock today, where we're going to go over your gifts. It's part of what we're doing as a church is we want to empower you and help you lock into what God has called you to do in your life. And so we have this, this whole plan and set up. If you can't make it today, let me just tell you, it happens the first, second, and third Sunday of every month. Rain or shine, holiday or not, happens, okay? So jump into discovery. Here's a second relationship. We need to initiate meaningful relationship with godly friends. Godly Friends, Acts 2.44 says, this is how the church was birthed. We need to get back to some of these basics. And all the believers met together constantly and shared everything with each other. Proverbs 27.17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. We all need godly friends. We all need it. I love what, I love what C.S. Lewis said. He, he said, friendship is born at the moment when one person says to another, what? You too? I thought I was the only one. And you know where that kind of friendship actually happens? It, it actually happens in life groups. It, this is why we have life groups that are constantly going throughout the year. And we do them in semesters. And you saw it on the video, but I'm just letting you know, this: if you want to experience everything that, has, that God has for you, and you want to walk out everything, I'll, for, I'm just going to tell you, I'm just going to ask you politely and tell you at the same time. But I'm really asking you, I'm not going to force you, put down your preferences and take up God's. And I'm just telling you, his preference is that we would all be in groups. Forget life, forget that name. When I say groups, I mean that we're all in relationships. And that we're not just coming to church on a Sunday morning and saying, hey, oh yeah, that was nice. Because the you too, I thought I was the only one, doesn't happen on a Sunday morning. It actually only happens when you get to know people that are going after some of the same things that you're going after. And you begin to have trust and relationship, and then all of a sudden, you can start to open up to somebody. And we want our, we want our groups to be a safe place where we can open up and be encouraged and be an encourager. So they're happening January 28th through April 27th. Listen, they're 13 weeks. And they're this long for a reason. You might go, 13 weeks? It's for a reason because it takes a while to get to know people. And so here's what I'm going to encourage you to do. Pray. I'm asking everyone, prayerfully consider leading a life group. And I don't, I don't, care, I don't care what your, what your topic is. We, don't, we, have, we, we have what we call a free market approach where we, we don't tell people you have to talk on these things or it has to be this topic. We, there's a few things that we ask you to have in your group. It's very minimal. Today we have... A leader meeting if you're just I just want to know more about this and Pastor Z will let you know but the point the really really the point of it is not necessarily how much knowledge you you gain it's the relationships that you find because God hasn't called us to live life alone I guarantee you that if you will go all in do what God is saying to do with 
getting in, into partnership with people with Jesus at the center of it, freedom and breakthrough will come in your life. And who knows, you might be able to be a person that helps someone else find that freedom and breakthrough. Wouldn't that be awesome? Jesus said in Matthew 18, he says, again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything that they ask for, I, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. I just want you, this is what happens in groups. For where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. What would happen if you're going to a group and six weeks in, 10 weeks in, hope it doesn't take that long, you feel brave enough with at least another person that you've been connecting with to say, hey, I'm dealing with this. You know, one of the groups that, that we were a part of, one of the guys opened up to other guys that were in the group and let us know about some struggles and addictions that they were having. Issues going on even in their marriage as a result of part of it. To this day, this guy is one of our more respected leaders in the church, members and partners in our church free, helping other people, other husbands get free from those same issues that he found just being in a life group. That could happen for you. It happened for, for anybody. That's, what it's, that's really what it's about. Here's, here's the third one. It's with the team. I'm going to go fast here. It's with the team. You already know this, but the Bible says that two can accomplish more than twice as one, for the results can be much better. Hey, y'all, our church is doing all right. I'm going I'm to invite everybody to join our dream team. You might say, well, why, why do I need to be a part of that? Well, two reasons. One, other people need your gifts and graces. But two, you're going to find fulfillment. I promise you. And let me just put a plug in on one team, and that's our kids' team. Yeah. Somebody say, yeah. You, yeah. All right. I don't know of a, of a more important team to be a part of than discipling the next generation. Kids need, my, ki my kids need a hug. Not because they don't get hugs, but they need a hug. I love it. I love it when my son, Lion, runs around the house. I was telling Pastor Patrick this the other day. I love it when, he, when he's running around the house and, and he starts quoting a Bible verse. And he's saying it strong. I'm like, man, you got the word in you. Where'd you get that? Mr. Patrick. <laughs> like, oh, man. And I just told Patrick, I said, man, you don't know what that does for me, knowing that my son is being pastored and discipled at church. We got a whole bunch of kids, and we're believing for a whole bunch more to be coming to our church one day that we can pour into and love on. But be a part of a team. Join one and be a part of something that's greater than you. Here's the other one that's it's with God. This is the most important relationship. Most important relationship. John 15, 5 says this, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me, I in you, you will bear much fruit. You will have breakthrough. But apart from me, you can't do anything. Let me just tell you, it all starts with this relationship. Keeping this relationship alive, vibrant, 
strong. Psalm 18.29 says this, for by you I can run, I just read this this morning in fact, but for by you I can run against a troop and by my God I can leap over a wall. You know, you know what the psalmist is declaring and he's saying there is that I can have a whole bunch of things trying to block my way. It doesn't matter how many, it doesn't matter how big, but when I've got God with me, I can push right through. I can leap right over them. I want every head bowed and every eye closed right now. And looking in the room, I, I, would, I would expect that every, probably every one of us are already in a relationship with God, but I also don't want to just assume or assume that we've all been in relationship. If you're here today, Either you've never truly made Jesus Lord of your life and come into relationship with him. Or you have, but for whatever reason, you have not been operating in a relationship with him. You've just been doing your own thing and you know God today is saying, it's time for you to come back, reconnect with me. Make me Lord of your life again. Let me be the, the peace that causes you to leap over the wall. Let me just say with your heads bowed and eyes closed, the, the one thing that you're going to need for all of this, this is the key, is humility. The Bible says to humble yourselves amongst each other, but under the mighty hand of God. And when we do that, he will raise us up. If you're here today and you want to make that decision to either come into a relationship for the first time or to rededicate your life with no one looking around, I just want you to raise your hand right now. I see your hand and your hand. Anybody else? Your hand, yes. Anyone else? I see your hand. Thank you. Anyone else? I'm just going to ask us all to pray this. Say, God, I want to come into a relationship with you. Be the Lord of my life. Forgive me of all my sins. And I partner with you today. And I ask you to partner with me. Help me to live the life that you've called me to. And I choose to follow your ways. To turn from the way I've been doing it. Fill me with your spirit. Lord, I pray for, for us, for your people, for your kids, for my brothers and sisters, that those areas that seem hopeless, those areas even where we need breakthrough and the enemy would say, you can't tell anybody about that. Where the enemy has gripped and imprisoned people in shame, fear. I command that shame and fear to be come off in the name of Jesus. And God, I pray that you help us as a church, as a people, Lord, to go all in and get into the right relationships that you've called us to. And as we do that, Lord, strengthen us and 
calls us a church to be a church and a people, families, individuals that overcome, that break barriers and help others to come along into the promised land as well. In the name of Jesus, everybody said amen.